Hillsong and YC Pastor Carl Lentz sat down with Bishop T.D. Jakes for a really good, vital conversation about race and protest in America. Um, also, we're going to take a look at how other Christian leaders are reacting to the nationwide protests. That's ahead. This is Relevant Daily. It's Relevant Daily. Relevant Daily. It's Relevant Daily. Hey everyone, I'm Tyler Huckabee. Welcome to The Relevant Daily, where we bring what's happening at the intersection of faith and culture. Uh, the stories today are obviously all going to be about the ongoing protests in the light of what happened to George Floyd and the ongoing march for justice. Um, over the weekend, Hillsong NYC Pastor Carl Lentz virtually sat down with Bishop T.D. Jakes of the Potter's House in Dallas, Texas for a long, wide-reaching conversation about George Floyd's death, the history of American racism manifesting as violent oppression and a Christian theology of protest. Jakes told Lentz, quote, those are triggers. That's what he said after Lentz read off a long list of names of black men and women who've been killed by police. Went on to say, quote, and when those triggers go off, that trauma comes back and the anger that you see is not about one incident alone, but it's about the multiplicity of many incidents. Jake shares the story of his grandfather, who he was named after, who was murdered in Mississippi by white supremacists before Jake's was born. He also describes a recent trip to Ghana, where he toured the dungeons in which black slaves were kept prior to being shipped to America. It That dungeon was under a church. So Jake says, quote, So the people who were raping these women, castrating those men, leading the slave parade, were also worshiping and singing hymns above where the slaves were beneath the ship. The church has a very difficult history when it comes to racial history. It goes back hundreds of years. We have been complicit. We have been participants. And now we have just been silent. Uh, I'm going to play this next clip. It's a longer clip, but I think it's very illuminating, too. So I'll I'll play you uh, this part of their conversation. When good men are silent, and there are good men, white, black, and brown, and there are good people listening at me in this church today, and there are good people who love Jesus and love other people and do not approve of the atrocities, but their silence is abuse. If 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 good people would speak up, then those kids wouldn't be up there burning up buildings. But they're desperate. They're desperate like an abused child. They're desperate like the screams of women who've cried out in this country against sexual abuse and were not believed for years and years. And whenever they got the courage to say something, they did to them what they do to us. They would bring up anything in their past to justify them and they would shame the victim into silence until one day women said, I'm not taking it anymore. And they rose up in power and finally, after years and years and years of having to tuck their heads between their legs and walk away, even though they were the victim, they finally began to put the perpetrators in jail. What God has done in this country for women is what people of color are asking for, for somebody to to acknowledge that we are bleeding, that that we work and clean in your hospitals, that we would deliver your food to you, that we died at disproportionate rate because we live in repressed areas for the most part with too many people congregating in areas that are 
uh, subordinate uh, living in the hood with food deserts where there are no decent grocery stores, mm. where every greasy chicken place imaginable targets our community, liquor stores target our community, uh, payday loans target our community. And, and America says, this is the land of the, of the free and the home of the brave. And anything is possible in America. Mm. Anything is possible if my legs are not broken. But if you break my legs, then it's impossible for me to stand up. And I come to you today not to make anybody feel bad or guilty, but to explain the what for some people has never been explained by somebody who wasn't calm, who was calm and who wasn't angry and who wasn't accusatory. And I'm not blaming anybody by the color of their skin. I'm explaining the rage and the forlorn that you can only keep a victim quiet so long and then they start to scream out. And uh, I, my appeal is, is not for black people to galvanize and march but for black, white, red, brown, mixed race people to scream out against these atrocities because if it is, if it is my child today, it could be yours tomorrow. That whole conversation is over at relevantmagazine.com. Uh, they weren't the only ones who spoke up and spoke out over the weekend. Many prominent Christians have also been involved from marching in the streets to lending their thoughts and voices to the online discourse. Here's just a few that we were able to find. We have an ongoing list over at Relevant. Uh, our friend, artist and activist Lecrae marched. Uh, he had a sign that said, justice is a right, not a privilege. Uh, Christina Edmondson, educator and co-host of the Truth's Table podcast, said, this is why 11 a.m. on Sunday is the most segregated hour in America. Uh, Jamar Tisby, author and speaker, said, quote, critics are going to say you're taking calls for justice too far. They're going to focus on the protesters and call for law and order. They're going to say these isolated incidents don't require political systemic solutions. Don't let them silence or intimidate you. Um, uh, the author and poet Amina Brown tweeted, quote, We take their names, pour them into prayer. We hold their names in the folds of our hands. We gather their names and hold them close. We don't forget and if calling for justice, for the joy and life and worthiness of black lives is stirring up trouble, well then we will be those troublemakers. We will never forget. Um, as part of a long thread, Beth Moore, the preacher and author, said, why not now, after 400 years of unabashed racism and pervasive white supremacy so deeply seeped in the American way of life that most carriers cannot even see it? Why not now for this demonic stronghold to be broken? Why not now in a time and generation among the least likely? Why not now in a narcissistic, self-selling, me-serving social media culture when the witness of the white church is marred by failing moral courage? Why not now when we're the most privileged and least spiritually fit? Why not now when it would make the least sense of all? She goes on much longer in a very powerful thread. We've posted the whole thing over at Relevant. Uh, propaganda. Our friend is out in LA. Uh, he talked about how this was the 10th protest for loss of life that he's been to during his life. He also, if you head over to his Twitter, you'll see that he uh, not only spoke, but had a couple of bars to offer to the crowds out there. 
Uh, we've got more Brian Zahn, our friend Derek Miner, Brian Houston, Jonathan Martin, Fleury, Jen Hatmaker, lots of people speaking up. We're continuing to update those posts. Very grateful for everyone who showed up over the weekend and who is speaking out. Obviously not an easy thing to do. Uh, you're risking your safety, your health, time, emotional energy. Uh, we're grateful to see so many people speaking up and hope that they continue to do so in the days and weeks ahead. And we will be covering all of it over at relevantmagazine.com as well. Thank you for listening. You can read more about these stories over at our homepage. For the latest, follow us on social media. We're on Twitter at Relevant, on Facebook and Instagram at Relevant Magazine. You can subscribe to our other podcasts there as well. I'm here every weekday bringing you the latest at the intersection of faith and culture. Thank you for listening, everyone. This is Relevant Daily.